0: Well, welcome to week two of, of Keep the Change. Uh, my name is Brad Maddox, and I'm one of the teaching pastors here at Crossbridge. We are so glad that you joined us. I love this time of the year. I love teaching this time of the year. Uh, you know, it's one of those kickoff things, and I used to never do New Year's resolutions and things. I just kind of forgot about it, said it's not a big deal, you know, but in the last few years, I've actually started doing that, and I think... You know, there's something about this new year that it's a fresh start. You want to get started on the right foot and, and get things going your way. And, and maybe some of the mistakes you made before in the past you don't want to do anymore. You just, you just want things to be different. You want things to be better. You want to be all that God has intended you to be. And, and that's kind of what's so cool about this. And the problem is sometimes we don't, we don't get to, you know, follow through with that very well. You know, last year I actually made this decision that I was going to lose 20 pounds. And uh, I did not make that Uh, goal, and so I just said, you know what, I'm going to move it over this year, and so I've only got about 28 yet to go, and uh, we're going to be doing great, and it's just one of those things, you know, and here's the thing is, I know how to lose weight, I mean, I know what it takes, I know all the things that I should be doing, what I shouldn't be doing, I I know the the places that I I shouldn't go to, I know the the things that I, I, where I need to exercise and eat right, and all those kind of things, I know what I need to do, I just choose not to do it. And that's actually where we're heading today It's actually where we're going in our, in our scripture lesson today And we've been talking about keeping the change And what we want to do is we want to try to, to, to make those goals stick We want to make a difference in our lives We want at the end of 2020 to look back and say You know what? I did it I'm better, I'm different, I've changed this I'm a better person than what I was at the start of 2020 Especially in our spiritual lives And that's kind of where we're going to hang out today Talking about how do we keep the change in our spiritual lives How do we keep the, the change in, in an area that we want to continue to, to make ourselves better And to follow God more closely Be better followers of Jesus And so I'm just going to kind of give you three ways to do that today During during the teaching And we're actually going to be in the book of James So if you want to get your Bibles out Your Version apps And get to James chapter 1 That's where we're going to kind of hang out today And James is an interesting individual James is the brother of Jesus And here is James Can you imagine the pressure of james growing up being jesus's brother you talk about having a role you know your parents sending out. you know that they always expect you to be just like jesus yeah sure mom i mean he's god you know what i'm saying it'd be tough wouldn't it or 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 you have this you ask your parents what you, you want to do and you say well what would jesus do you know it's it's one of those things that you know it had to be a lot of pressure for james and, and actually james growing up didn't even believe that jesus was who he said he was It actually says in scripture that 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 he honestly thought jesus was a little bit whacked and and you know he was kind of a crazy man but yet he saw his brother crucified and die on a cross and then saw him alive again afterwards and it changed everything for james he became a believer and 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 james is one of those guys that man he when he came he became a believer man it, it all clicked for him and he could not stand any kind of hypocrisy, man. He, he followed Jesus. He actually became the leader of the Jerusalem church. And he actually started talking about this. He said, we need to be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. And then we get into our verse today. Here's what it says in, in James chapter 1, verse 21. And I think this is so relevant to us for this time of the year. He says, so get rid of all the filth and the evil in your lives. And as we start 2020, as we start looking at it, as well, how do I become better, James is starting out by saying, You need to get rid of everything that's holding you back. You need to get rid of all those stuff, all that stuff that's holding you back and tripping you up. All those things, maybe the way you eat, maybe the things that you watch, maybe the things that you look at on the computer, maybe all these things. You need to get rid of all the filth and the trash that's there. Just get rid of it. Those busy schedules that you have, maybe we need to figure out something about those. Get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives. So the very first thing that James is going to talk about is our very first point, is that we need to center our lives on the Word of God. That has got to be our very first starting point. So if you're wondering where to start this year, if you want to make a difference, if you want to be different than what you were last year, the very first place to start is the Word of God. Here's what James says. So get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept The word God has planted in your hearts, for it has the power to save your souls. He's talking about humbly accepting. And, man, that humble word, man, it's one thing that I struggle with, maybe some of you struggle with, is is that having that pliable heart, getting the pride of ourselves out, getting ourselves out of the way so that God can do something, having a teachable heart. Just letting us soaking it in. It's receiving God's word and looking at it and saying, yes, that is the standard. That is where I'm heading. That is what I actually need in my life. And it says that he's planted it in our hearts. And I love the picture of that. One of my favorite verses in Scripture is Ecclesiastes 3 where it says that that God has planted eternity. He has set man's heart to eternity. He's made this hole in our heart that only eternity can fill. He's got this hole in the heart that only God can can fill and in our culture and in our time we do everything we can to fill it with all kinds of things with comfort with pleasures with money with with things with houses with cars and 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 it's all in in search for that thing that that fills us up and james is saying here is the only thing that can fill it up is a relationship with god with a relationship with jesus And if you're wondering, okay, if I'm going to make 2020 successful, how do I do this? And, And we get so many times people coming up and saying, well, I just don't know what God's will for my life is. I don't know what next is. I don't know where I need to go. I don't know what path I should be on. I don't know which way to turn one or the other. And Psalm 119 says this, your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. If you want something to show you where to go, if you want something to get you on the right path, if you want something to take you in the right direction, that when you have an idea of, I don't know where to go next, what the psalmist is saying is that turn to the word of God because it is a light. It's going to illuminate where you're supposed to go. It's supposed to to, put you on a path in the direction that God wants you to be on. That's where it all starts. And then Jesus himself as he's out in the desert after fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, and Satan comes alongside of him, and Jesus is hungry, and he looks at Jesus and says, hey, why don't you just make these stones, turn them into bread? You're the son of God. You deserve this. You're entitled to that. Why don't you just go ahead and do that? And listen to what what Jesus says. He says, but Jesus told him, no. The scriptures say, people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Jesus is saying, No, it's not about this this earthly stuff, this food. And yes, I'm hungry, but what I have to live on, what sustains me, what makes me go on, is every word that God gives me. And it's the same for us. If we want to keep the change, if we want to make the change, man, we've got to dive into the word of God. We've got to understand what the scriptures are saying, we've got to, to be there. And, and so many of you are starting plans this year, and it's, we were talking about it in the office this week, and we love that, is that, that all these people getting into, into scriptures and, and making groups and, and following scriptures together, many of you are being really ambitious and doing that whole reading the Bible in a year plan, which I think is absolutely awesome. And many of you may have started and have, have already, are already behind and don't know what to how to catch up and just stay with it, just keep going. There's nothing more powerful in your lives and for some of you, you just need to, to start, just maybe small bites, just a, a, a verse or two at a time, and just start reading that whole thing. I actually got invited to, to, to uh, read a, a one-year Bible plan this year, and I decided, yeah, I'm going to do that. So I signed up, and I accepted the invitation. And man, for the first six or seven days, I was doing really good. And all of a sudden, I'm thinking, oh, my gosh. And I, and I, I just thought, I, I can't keep up. And what happened was, I actually noticed that what I was doing is I was reading it for one purpose only, just to get it done so I could check it off the list say, I did it. And I just felt God, God was telling me, you know, you don't have to do that. Here's some specific things I want you to study. Here's some specific areas that I want you to be. Here's some scriptures that I want you to just dive into and go deep in. And so I stopped that plan, and that's what I'm doing. And, and, and so however it is, whatever God is telling you, but find somehow, some way to start getting into scriptures like never before this year. If you want to make a difference It's all out there. And there's so many tools and there's so many things. We talk about the Bible app, the U-version Bible app all the time here. And so, you know, get your phones out afterwards. You can do it now if you want to. And you find that if you don't have the Bible app on your phone, man, you need to get it there. Because you can, instead of spending time on social media things, you can go in and read a verse or two and just see what God is saying to you to that day. It's so convenient, so amazing. And this right now um, media that we have, I actually used it to, to prepare some of this teaching today. There's so many tools out there. Just start diving in. Start making a regular habit of getting into the word every day and and taking God's word. It is what sustains us as followers of Jesus. And so if you are committed this year to be reading more, to be in the scripture more, I have a a prayer that I'm going to challenge you with. If you want to see the difference, if you want to see a difference in your life by the end of 2020 as what it is now, here's a dangerous prayer. I challenge you to pray. It actually comes out of Psalms 139. Here's what it says. It says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. Are you willing to let God point out some things in your life that you need to change? Are you willing to to allow God to say, in my relationships, God, just point out anything And there's that one relationship that you know that there's some distance between you. There's some non-connectivity there, and and, and you've got to make something right, and you've got to go back. Are you willing to say, God, just point those things out to me? In our marriages, are you willing to say, God, just point out anything that I'm doing that I, I need to change so that my spouse and I can have the kind of marriage that you have intended for us to be, to have? God, will you point out anything in my finances if I'm not generous enough, if I'm not, if I'm not giving enough, if, I, if, if I'm too overwhelmed by just being about myself? Would you point out those kind of things? Would you point out in my family it, it, how my, my kids are at and what I need to do with them? Would you point out anything in, in my business relationships? God, would you just take my life, all the time that I have, and would you point out the areas where you want me to be different? That you want me to serve more. You want me to be more. You want me to, to have more quiet time. Whatever it is, God, my life is an open book. Point out my priorities where they're off, where I'm not centered on you. Scripture is where it all starts. We've got to center our lives on Scripture, and it doesn't stop there. Our point number two is this. We need to center our lives and then we need to do what God is telling us to do through his word. James 1.22 says it this way. But don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourselves. And what this scripture is saying, what James is saying is that you can listen and you can read all that you want. You can show up here and hear someone talk about God's word. You can do all those good things and feel, feel good about yourself. But if you don't turn around, and make some changes in your life If you don't do what the scriptures are telling you You are what? You are fooling yourself You're feeling good about yourself But it's not making a difference You're not having any heart change You're not being a different person at the end You can attend here all you want You can read all you want You can go to Bible study after Bible study after Bible study And have all this head knowledge You can have all the kind of scripture that you memorized you want But if it doesn't change you It's not making a difference and what happens to people like this, and I have been I'm still fight this in my lives, is man, we have all this knowledge, we have all this scripture, and we can tell somebody else what they're doing wrong. We can let them know chapter and verse, hey, here's where you're messing up. But when it comes to us, man, we don't see it. We can call out other people about their whatever they're doing and, 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 and say, This is this is it, this is where you're wrong, but never look inside of ourselves. It's not how we're called to live as followers of Jesus. When we get to the point that we say, God, point out anything in my life, and when he points those things out, when he see it in Scripture, it's time to change. It's time to do something different. And so often we just kind of like to put it in the backside. We just like to keep it around a little bit so it's near us. You know, God points out, here's an area in your life that I want you to clean up. I want you to get rid of this. We say, well, God, let's just set it right here so it's kind of close to hand where I might be able to go back and just grab it if I decide I want to. And that's not what God is calling us to do. And we just continue to do the same thing over and over and over and expect different results, and it doesn't happen. We may go to counseling sometime, and you hear this all the time where someone goes to counseling and tries to get, get some wise advice on how they should live, or maybe you have a mentor or an accountability partner, and you're sitting here talking and say, well, what about this point in your life? And, and, and you think, yeah, but you know what? If I, if I do that, it's going to take a lot of work. It's going to be inconvenient. It's not going to be quite as comfortable as what I'm living. So, you know what? I don't know if I really want to to do that. And when God points something out, what we need to do is actually do what he's asking us to do. Here's how James puts it in verse 23. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it is like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, walk away, and forget what you look like. How many people... Looked in a mirror before they came today. Hmm? How many? Almost everybody, right? Except middle school boys. They did not. I'm just saying, yeah. sooner, Very shortly, they will. But some of us have a relationship with our mirror, you know? I mean, we, we stand before the mirror before we go someplace, and what we're doing is we're... I'm not sure it's just 28 pounds now that I think about it. But anyway, um, you know, we look at this mirror, and it reflects what we are, doesn't it? And we look at it, and the reason we look at a mirror like this is we look, and we say, what do we need to change? Is, is the my my three hairs or so are they in the right place? Or, or you know, is my shirt it's it's wrinkled a little bit, but it's not terrible. You know, I can that can pass. And we look because we want to see what we need to change. We don't want to go out somewhere else and not 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 look like what we think we may look like. You know, you just don't get out of bed in the morning and you go. You make yourself presentable. You make yourself looking good. You want you want to put your best foot forward. That's what the mirror is all about. Some of you have one of those magnifying mirrors so that you can even get closer in. It That's scare me. But, you know, the reason we have a mirror is so that we can fix the things in our lives that we see. You know, I don't want to go out being a mess. It's no different with Scripture. As we look at the Word of God, we, we it to, take it to our lives and say, where is it, God, that you are asking me to change something, to fix something up, to make myself look better, to make myself do something if we ignore that, it's just like looking in the mirror and saying, it's close enough, let's go. It's not how we act in our lives. We've got to do the same thing in our spiritual lives when God is asking us to do that. It's the very same thing. And so it's not just about this reading the scripture and you know being proud of ourselves because we read 15 v- chapters today and we get to check it off our list and feel good about ourselves. What difference is it making in our lives? What is it saying to you? Are you living what God is speaking to you through the Scriptures? And again, we're so good at thinking that someone else needs this. You may be sitting in a church service saying, Boy, I wish wish he would have heard this service today. I wish he would have, she would have. And it's so easy to think about others and not saying, How does this affect me? Where is God speaking to me and where do I need to change? I heard a pastor say this. is that information plus application Equals transformation. Information, getting into the word of God, understanding what scripture is saying to it, and then us applying it will lead to transformation. If you want to keep the change in 2020, if you want to see the difference in your lives of how you live, how you love others, man, take the scripture, apply it to your lives, and you're gonna see life transformation. And the exact opposite of that is true. If you take this information that, that is all around us that you're you're studying. And you don't apply it to your life, it actually equals a Pharisee. It's kind of a bold statement, isn't it? But when you think about the interactions that Jesus had with the Pharisees and how he actually thought about them, this is exactly what it was. They knew it all. They were the, they were the keepers of the law, man. They knew everything there was to say. They had the basically the Jewish scriptures memorized, but yet they didn't apply it to their lives. And they were hypocrites, and Jesus had nothing to do with them. They were useless because they didn't apply what god was telling them we don't want to be a bunch of pharisees i want to read you some words of jesus it actually comes out of the message bible a different translation i love this how he puts this but this is jesus speaking in matthew chapter 7 verse 13 here's what it says don't look for shortcuts to god the market is flooded with surefire, easygoing formulas for a successful life that can be practiced in your spare time. Don't fall for that stuff, even though crowds of people do. The way to life, to God, is vigorous and requires total attention. This is just something, what, what Jesus is saying is, this is just not something you play with. This is just not something we do at, on occasion. This is not just something to do as a part of our life. You need to apply it. You need to be vigorous about it. You need to be intentional about it following me, centering our, your life on me. Verse 24, he goes on, and this is actually, you've probably heard the story before about the, the man who built his house on the, a, a solid foundation on the rock and the man who built his house on, on sand. This is what Jesus says about this in the message. These words I speak to you are not incidental additions to your life. Homeowner improvements to your standard of living, they are foundational words for Words to build a life on. If you work these words into your life, you are like a smart carpenter who builds his house on solid rock. Rain poured down, the river flooded, or tornado hit, but nothing moved that house. It was fixed to the rock. That if you build your foundation on the words, if you take the word of God and you actually apply it to your life and you do what it says to do, you are building a foundation that can't be moved. And we're all gonna hit storms in our life. We're all gonna have things happen to us relationships jobs you name it things are going to come and try to knock us down but if you're grounded in the word of god jesus is saying that you are not going to have a house that falls down you're going to be able to make it through it he goes on and says this but if you just use my words in bible studies and don't work them into your life you are like a stupid carpenter (laughs) I love this, who built his house on the sandy beach when a storm rolled in and the waves came up, it collapsed like a house of cards. And we've all seen this in life in, in both those, those instances. Someone who is grounded, who 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 Christ-centered life, who has has taken the word of God and applied it to their lives and, and and made a say, this is who I am, this is how we're going to live. And something happens to them. Do they like it? Absolutely not. They would rather have something else, but when that situation comes to them, when they hit trouble, when they hit sorrow, when they hit loss, they can make it through it, and you think, how did they do that? How can they be so strong in, in the midst of all the trouble they are facing it's because their foundation is there? And then we know the other people who just takes, takes Jesus and takes this whole following Jesus thing and say, you know, I want, I want it there. I, I want to do just enough to get across that line of faith because that whole eternity thing sounds really good to me. You know, I'd kind of like to spend eternity there but, but change my whole life I don't know about that And so we want just the convenience of Let's just do a little bit here and there So that, you know, we look good on the outside And, and if I need it, I can go to it But it's not the foundation of who they are It's just on the peripheral It's just kind of out there And loss or suffering or something happens to them And they're destroyed And they don't know what to do They don't know where to go Sometimes they even blame God. What do you want to be? If you want to be different, if you want to keep the change in 2020, man, we have got to be all in in the word of God and doing what it says to do. Verse 25, but if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. And I almost did not, I did not want to put this verse in. I did not, and because when you read this, I, I, in our Western American culture, we look at this and we say, and God will bless you for doing it. What's the first thing that comes to mind when you say God's going to bless you? First thing that came to my mind was, oh, what, what? there's this comfort thing. That if God's going to bless me, then, then life is going to be easy. Life is going to be no problem. It's going to be a piece of cake. I'm going to have the house I want. I'm going to have the job I want. I'm going to have uh, my 401K is going to look good. The kids are going to be perfectly behaved. Everything's going to just go great. If I'm doing it right, A plus B equals God blessing me. It's all going to be good. And I looked up this word for bless actually in the Greek. It's, it's actually the word makarios. And here's what it is. It's the happy state, the happy state that find, of those that find their purpose and fulfillment in God. It's those people that have that unexplainable joy in the midst of heartbreak. It's those people that have that unexplainable peace in the midst of things going south, that the things that they are facing that they don't want to face. That's how God blesses you. And again, we've all seen people who, who have faced those kind of tragedies, those kind of things in their lives, and you wonder how in the world they make it through. It's because they have Macario's. Because God is blessing them because they know that it's not about this, it's about my relationship with God. That no matter what happens, people can take it all away from me, but yet I still have a foundation of of the promise of who God is in my life. That's how he blesses us. This unexplainable calm, this unexplainable peace, this unexplainable joy in circumstances we'd rather not be in. And then James goes on and says in verse 26 if you claim to be religious but don't control your tongue you are fooling yourself and your religion is worthless and there's this whole thing about about fooling ourselves again deceiving ourselves james is trying to get us to understand just because you're in the you come to places like this and you hear the word of god you're in bible studies you read some you can still be fooling yourselves you can still be deceiving yourselves Unless you're doing something, if you're, unless you're letting that soak in in your pliable heart and letting God change you from the inside out, you still could be, be, be fooling yourself and your religion. The things you're doing is what? It's worthless. It does you no good whatsoever. And he goes back to the same thing about controlling your tongue. And you think, well, you know, do we control our tongue? I think we just have to look back at our social media posts over the last year. And ask ourselves, do we control our tongue? Are the things we're putting on there good for lifting up and encouraging and spurring on others? Or are we not? We have to do what God is asking us to do through the scriptures. The final thing, the third thing. If you want to keep the change in 2020, if you want to have a different kind of life than what you have, you need to serve someone else. Here's what verse 27 says. Pure and genuine religion in the sight of God, the Father, means caring for orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. And I'm not going to spend a lot of time with this verse because I think actually in a a series we're doing in a couple, few weeks, I'm going to come back to here. But there's something special about serving others. There's something special about getting our eyes off of ourselves and what we're facing, what we want out of our lives, and serving someone else. If you want to make a difference in someone's lives, man, just start serving somebody. <laughs> if, if you want to see a change in, in you, man, serve somebody else. It changes everything. You want to change your life this year? Change someone else's life. And so often we get to a point that it's so much about us and, and we get selfish and think, well, what about me? You know, I, I need some of that too. I promise you that if you serve someone else, you're going to get exactly what you need. There's something powerful in serving others. You want to change the world? Then change people's lives who are hurting in the world. This is the call. This is what, what God is calling us to do, man. He's giving us everything we need. All we have to do is react. Knowing that, that God has given us the Word, we are so fortunate, man, that we can carry around in our pockets the actual Word of God. We don't get arrested. We don't get shot at. We don't get threatened with our lives because we have a Bible with us. It's awesome. And yet we take it so for granted that we, 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 we know that we can read it and we know that we should, but yet do we actually apply it? That's what we've got to do, is apply it. And then through that, serve others. That's how we make a difference. As individuals and as a church. And we're going to continue to press and we're going to continue to push. and We're going to do everything we can to make sure that our religion is not worthless. Because when we get this right, when we get this right, when we love and we let God transform us, when we get this right, it shows to everybody. And everybody looks and says, "I, I, I want some of that in my life. That marriage Man, if my marriage could be like that, that's what I want. Those people are so generous, man, I can't believe it. They've gone through all kinds of hardship, but yet there's something about them that that foundation is is so strong. That's what I want in my life. When we get this right, Jesus is irresistible, and we can't help but make a difference in the world. Would you pray with me? Father, we are so thankful for who you are. We're thankful for fresh starts. I can't tell you how many already this year that I've made. (laughs) And you all know. And so, Father, I just pray that whoever's out here, man, that that you would just inspire us, that you would just, man, turn our heart towards you. Give us a passion for your word. Help us to have the ability and, and honestly, the want to, to do it. And then help us to serve others like never before. And we will give you all the praise and all the glory for it.